Look, I got nothing to say before we do this. That was anticlimactic. Here we go. That's a little bit of uh that's a little bit of a song called The Sign. When you say it's a little messy, do you mean like there's a lot going on, man? Yeah. I don't think it's like bad. But yeah. It's like just like the guitars. Yeah. So that was a song that was on Sam's copy of Disc 1 of In Your Honor from the Foo Fighters. I'm sorry dude. And wasn't on mine. Um why did we play that? Cuz we didn't have it in the last episode. Um but now you've heard it. Uh, it's okay, just like the rest of Disc 1. Gentlemen, C. Welcome to the Wet Bandits podcast. We are two-fifths, 40% of the Wet Bandits, the greatest 90s cover band in the world. If you follow us on Twitter, you already knew that 2020, we're taking over. Uh, this is a podcast where we cover 90s discographies. Uh, we like to look at how bands evolve and, unfortunately, sometimes Devolve or throughout the there or stay the same. Maybe they stay the same. Who's a band that would stay the same? ACDC. Nickelback. Those bands yeah. stay the same. But other bands kind of have their ebbs and flows. And uh, and we like to look at that. We like to look at the things, uh, revisit the things we love, maybe breathe some new life into the things that mm, didn't affect us as much at the time. And hopefully, every now and then, find out we misjudge something. Mm. Uh, and hopefully... Uh, discover that maybe it wasn't as bad as we thought, or maybe or it's maybe. even great, <laughs> and we were just totally washed up about it. So that's what we do on the Wet Bandits podcast. Welcome! So, as I already said, we covered In Your Honor Disc 1 in the last episode, so that means we're going to do Disc 2 today. Disc 2 is the soft, acoustic half. The end of the buffalo. The end of the, the buffalo butt, uh, if you own the CD. If I remember, I will try to put that a picture of the discs up on uh, the Instas and the Facebook. Actually, you should take a picture of those because I don't have disc two. Okay. And you have both, so do that for me when you get a chance. Uh, um, because we don't have a producer. Getting to before we get into disc two, I just said that disc one is supposed to be the like heavy one. And mm. disc two is supposed to be the softer one. And this is supposed to kind of like show the diversity that the band has. And putting the cart before the horse a little bit, because we haven't talked about this album at all. What I feel like is actually 
it it doesn't show their diversity well at all because the songs on disc one are pretty much the same. Yeah. And the songs mm-hmm. on disc two are pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. They're just two very distinct discs. They, yeah. The two are different, but there's nothing in between. Mm-hmm. There's no like, it's not like, uh, it's not like the one album is that disc one has a metal song and then just a few hard rockers and then another like, sort of like driving ballad. Mm-hmm. The closest thing is the deepest blues are black on the first disc. That's kind of, oh, man. and maybe resolve like they're a little more ballady, but basically it's all the same energy. And mm-hmm. basically on disc two, it's all the same energy. I think this one's a little more diverse, but for the most part, it's a lot of the same. And I don't even necessarily mean that that's bad. I like that they're distinct, but I would argue that Stadium Arcadium shows a lot more like diversity, whereas this has these two discs between them have like 21 songs, and there's like three types of songs. Yeah, in <laughs> in total. So let's get right into it. Uh, the first song on Dick's disc. I said Dick's again. <laughs> Damn it. These codes are different, by the way. Oh, there's codes. You got to take pictures of that, too. Codes of Dick. There's codes that look like they're part of the artwork on yeah, the album covers, and they're different. Holy nuts. Um, so this song is called Still. Again, keeping the copyright lawyers off our rear, off the buffalo ass. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I wanted to turn it down, but I wanted to bring it back in for this. Promise I will be forever yours. That like piano. I love that yeah. like low keyboard piano. That is um, the keyboard player from the Wallflowers, which later joins I mean, the Foo Fighters. Clearly I could play that part. Yeah. Boom. Yes, later joins the Foo Fighters. Um so there's a lot of guest musicians on disc 2 and I'm going to try to go through them as we go as we go through this CD but um I'm not a huge fan of Dave Grohl's whisper voice. Yeah. Um, sometimes like Yeah, <laughs> it's like a gnat. Yeah. Like ugh. like it's not really bothering me, but like I, get, you know, it's like so good that it feels like he's actually whispering in your ear. Yeah. Well, what do you mean by good? Like good, like effective. So airy, breathy. Yeah. See again, that's yeah, where. Like the, you know I, what I mean? The. Yeah, that's something you can do in a studio, is take an actual whisper and make it loud. Yeah. You know, and that kind of. It lose it loses effectiveness for me, though I don't hate it here. It's okay here, mostly because the rest of the 
band isn't like driving or anything. I like how this song like sets out the tone. Like it's like, yes. okay, this is not. When you think of acoustic, you think of like just strummy, like yeah. But it's like, oh, this is gonna be like, dr- like yeah. I I'm with you there. Like we talked about how in your honor from the first disc kind of like sets up that it's almost supposed to be like a concert album. Yeah. This one definitely sets, I think this does a better job of setting up what the album is. If nothing else, I don't love this song, mm-hmm. but if nothing else you get like right away, because I knew nothing about this disc. <laughs> the first time I listened to it was like three days ago. Yeah. I put this CD on and I, all I knew was that this was the softer one, mm-hmm. and which doesn't tell you that much, but this song tells you a lot about yeah. what this is about to be. It really prepares you for, oh, this really is going to be like, it's not weird. It's not su- like that yeah. experimental, but it is different for Foo Fighters for sure. I do like this one. There's more songs I enjoy on this side than the other. Oh, same, same. Again, not to like spill the beans first, but this is better Sorry, than this dude. one. No, you're allowed to spill. I-, <laughs> I spilled them. No. Dude, it's like when Kevin spills the chili. <laughs> no, that, that's way worse. <laughs> yeah. See, on that Skin of Bones album, they play a lot of these songs, and they I sound bet. really cool with like mm-hmm. percussion and stuff. This is what called. I do this is song two. This is what if I do. Yeah, so we got to the chorus there. It has almost like you mentioned uh, that Best of You has kind of like a church feel. Yeah. This has kind of like a gospel y yeah. feel to it, I think. Dude, you know what I'm starting to think is like they wrote the heavy part because, like, because they I, wanted to do this. Yeah. <laughs> and then, no, they couldn't, like, it wouldn't be like s- strong enough to release on its own. Yeah. Because the, these are better songs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I did not think about that. Yeah. That, that That's my guess. That is a great idea. It probably is true. Yeah. I mean, it, we'll never know. Yeah. But, like, until Dave Grohl comes on the podcast. Yeah. Dave, come on here. Please. Um, please help us. Yeah, that is so... I never thought of that until you started to say it. And I'm like, wait a minute. They did the hard album because this one is what they wanted to do. Yeah, um, yeah, because you're right. These are all better, re- fully realized mm-hmm. songs, um, and I don't know, just better in general. The uh, third song on here is the fifth, I believe, single from the. Uh, I'm looking up to make sure that I'm right about that. Is the fifth single overall from the the two discs combined? This is Miracle. Kind of like U2 baseline. Very U2 baseline. 
Um, I like it. I do too. I'm going to skip to the chorus though if I can. Hands on a miracle. So this this song has like an old school feel for me, especially at the chorus. I don't know if it's the lyrics. I don't know. The lyrics sound old school to me, but also sort of the the where he throws in the believe it or not, hands on a miracle. I don't I don't know. I could see this song, the lyrics and melody, not so much like the instrumentation behind it, but I could see it fitting in uh, Motown, like turn it into a Motown song mm. in the 60s. I think it would work. Um, but I do like this song. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this has um, not as famous a musician maybe uh, in the pop circles, but there's some violin in this song. Maybe the, I don't know, first Foo Fighters song that has a violin on it. Um, other members of Foo Fighters have speculated that Dave... Had, was a little worried about putting here's here's the violin solo worried was maybe the wrong word to use but like you don't know how to it, it, it can be daunting to like especially when you don't compose string arrangements yeah it's like how do i put this into a song i know i want it there but like how do i do it um anyway i i know from experience that one thing you can do is just get a violin player and be like (laughs) write this part for me yeah um so i've we've done that before but um another thing i used the word solo this is the album that has the instrumental breaks that i want I mentioned before in an earlier episode that Foo Fighters don't do guitar solos. Oh, yeah. And, and if they do, it's very like mm-hmm. short and it's hardly a solo. And I've heard people argue, maybe correctly, no, no, definitely correctly, that at least the the sentiment is correct. Um, the sentiment being that if you you shouldn't have a guitar solo for the sake of having a guitar solo. Yeah. It should move the song somewhere, uh, which I agree with, but I think sometimes musicians use that as a crutch to just not have one in there, mm-hmm. maybe because they don't know what to do or what. But a solo a lot of times and this album illustrates that perfectly. It's that the <laughs> the solo a lot of times acts like a bridge does, mm-hmm. which is it's just giving you a different flavor in the song. Like uh, sometimes a song just doesn't do itself any justice by just being a verse, a pre-chorus and a chorus because they're all, it, it it becomes a little bit monotonous becomes a little bit one note. You need a little break Mm -hmm. to, to relax whatever emotions you're having, or maybe sometimes like build to a new thing. The bridge in lightning crashes is a, 
good example like from live we're like it's a totally different like feel than the rest of the song and while this violin break instrumental break whatever bridge isn't a different feel you're not listening to dave sing for a little bit yeah. you're just like soaking it <clears throat> in cruising. you're noted yeah you're cruising you're noticing things that maybe you hadn't noticed while you were paying attention to lyrics and i think it's important for good songwriting to at least acknowledge like these have a place mm-hmm. instrumental breaks have a place even if unfortunately modern like music entertainment is so driven only by beat and by melody mm-hmm. you know if you go to a club you're not going to hear very many bridges and guitar yeah. solos but like they have a place mm-hmm. in in uh, good songwriting so there's a lot of solos and instrumental breaks on this disc yeah. which i like the fourth song is another round does this song remind you of anything no. Reminds me of Mama Said from Metallica. Oh, yeah, it does. Rolling like thunderclouds Hanging above her You like Mama Said? Ringing the witching hour Spells that I'm singing Sorry, you asked if I like Mama Said and I was busy texting my wife. Tell her I said hi. I will. I love Mama Said. I love Mama Said. But that's for a different day. If you guys don't know, Mama Said is an acoustic, almost like country country track on one of Metallica's albums. Like the chords in the verse, hate this chorus. Let's go. I, there's something about that melody line that I just can't mm. take. Let's go another round. Like, I get, I think, what he's trying to do, but I hate it. Yeah. The verse saves it, but I generally don't like this song. Do you like it? Eh, it's okay. It's okay. How about Friend of a Friend? I do. I like, this is like a story. This is a story. This song could be written by Sam Baird. <laughs> Right? Yeah. It reminds me of Polly. Yeah. It reminds me of any number of like... This song sounds like it's a hidden track. It's kind of... Yeah, it's like, you like finish metal. A, you finish a Foo Fighters like... Yeah. You know, y- you finish uh, uh, Color in the Shape, and then you wait 10 minutes, and then this song comes uh-huh. on. He plays an old guitar. I could, I could totally get away with like thunder in the background you know what i mean yeah i do know what you mean um so um do you like the humming part the i didn't remember a humming part but there is a humming part right here oh no i i don't like uh he Dave has this feeling that he needs to like fill empty space with his voice, mm-hmm. which I don't agree with. I like that part. Never mind. Blah, blah, blah. No one speaks. 
I was trying to look for something real quick. Dude, I... Because who knows their MySpace <laughs> login? Like, nobody does, right? What's this, your <laughs> profile? <laughs> oh, my God. What's happened? Did your brain just come out of your... My turtle? <laughs> what did you say? Was that, like, your profile song? Uh, No, but I I used to have a song on my MySpace... It was a cover of This Is Such a Pity. Hey, we can bring it up when we do Weezer. By the way, spoiler, Weezer is our next discography. Um, I do a cover of This Is Such a Pity acoustic, and I recorded it in my bedroom during a thunderstorm, and during the instrumental break, there is a huge thunderclap. Oh, that's sweet. And it it is like perfectly in time. Yeah. It sounded great. I just got to find my MySpace page again. So, anywho. Lost in the... Realms of the internet. Right. That song is cool. It's not mm. great, but it's cool. Uh, Over and Out is next. This is my jam. Dude, dude. this guitar tone, man. Yeah. Like, I got to change my underwear. Dude, on, I'll play it for you after the podcast on the on Skin and Bones. Because I got like... Restless little one. Comfortable and warm Let me fall apart Crippled in your arms Is that a 12-string? Oh, it is in the song. What? What is? Chase me through the dark I don't think it is a 12 string. It I know why you're saying that. Yeah. I had the same thought. I don't play enough 12 strings to like have a great feel for what they sound like. But I don't think it is a 12 string. I think it's just like brand new strings on a killer acoustic mic'd impeccably. Uh-huh. I think it's just a fucking kick. I know like I said I'd stop saying the strings. F word. But like that guitar tone is... Immaculate. Do the drums here? You like? Yeah. This part I don't love. Well, I think what this part offers is like when it goes back in that part, it's like. Dude, we are on the same wavelength yeah. here. I have here's what I have in my notes. That guitar tone, exclamation point. Then my next note, ugh, but the chorus. And then my next note. But coming out of the chorus saves it. Yeah. Like, that's it. Like, you have this, like, very mediocre chorus. But, like, coming the way they come out of it is real good. And somehow the chorus works better at the end of the song for me. This is a bridge. Like, this is a little better because they've got some violins and stuff. And um, that song is, even though I don't love the chorus, it fits into a song, those few songs that have parts I don't like, but they like make the rest of the song better. Mm-hmm. So, um, so uh, I, 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 li- I end up liking it almost more. Definitely greater than the sum of its parts. I, I, uh, <laughs> 
I like it because it's like an acoustic riff. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it is a baller riff. Yeah. On the Mend is next. Piano is really good. John Paul Jones from Led Zeppelin is playing mandolin on this. Oh, really? Yeah, he's a bass player from Led Zeppelin, if you didn't know. Yeah, and keyboard. This song sounds like another song, too, that I can't... There's a bunch of songs that I can't put my finger on what they sound like. Um, But this song sounds like a song where he was just like, I got this cool guitar riff, let's make it into a song. Which, that's how a lot of songs start. I'm not even... uh, I'm not knocking on it for that, but... This does not. This is a great example again of a song that you couldn't turn into a normal Foo Fighters song. So they, you know, like you were saying earlier, he probably had this riff. It only works as an acoustic song, but that's not really the Foo Fighters' normal mo. So they gotta like, they put this in their catalog of like acoustic tunes. Um, this song never really changes its energy from this, um, but. I like the tone of the drums in this album because it's not like cracking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is the first song on the album where I start to be like, oh, it's bothering me that every chorus he just repeats one line over and over. Like, I'm here and I'm on the man. I'm here and I'm on the man, my friend. Like, that's a very 90s thing to do. So I shouldn't, and obviously I love it. So I shouldn't complain about it that much. But like, Put a little more effort into it, I guess. Yeah, like, sorry. I like this part. You were saying, dude. You know what's crazy? Tell me. It's like 30 years ago was 1990, and 30 years in the future is 2050. Dude, yeah. <laughs> dude, time warp. Well, yeah. When you say it that way, it's like, ah, gosh, 1990. Because people we think feel like it's not that long ago, yeah. but 2050 sounds a long way away. Yeah, it's like 2050, boy. Yeah, the 1990s, like especially when the world's gonna blow up. Apparently, <laughs> next song, <laughs> next song, Virginia Moon, featuring Nora Jones. They also have a different guitar player on this, one that I forget where he's from, but he has a little jazz experience. Hmm. By the way, I could play this guitar part. Like, <laughs> you don't have to be a jazz guitar Is that like player the to Hendrix play this. Chord? No. Like the. Should I be doing this right now? Am I qualified? Mm, I don't know. You're going to knock your coffee over, though. This little thing. In- Oh, definitely in there, you know. No, I don't. But don't you dare. Um. So I read that Dave Grohl said he wanted to have Nora Jones in on this song because her voice is so smooth and so like 
you know, whatever, that it would complement his voice really well. Hmm. Like, eat shit, man. <laughs> like, you're, you are not Nora Jones. Like, I'm not a Nora Jones fan, but Nora Jones is like a singer. Yeah. And you are a drummer who can sing or a guitar player who can sing. Like, if anything, Dave's a screamer. Yeah. You know, better than anything else. Um, I'm not like, if Dave Grohl was right here, I'd be really embarrassed to say that because he obviously sings better than I do. He sings yeah. better than most people do. But yeah. like, and maybe maybe the quote I read was out of context. Um, I don't think he means that as a slight to Nora Jones. I'm sure he doesn't. He seems actually like a nice guy. Mm-hmm. But my point is like, that is not why you bring Nora Jones into a song to compliment your voice. You bring Nora Jones into a song because she elevates it on her own, mm-hmm. you know. Um, do you like this song? It's all right. It's I think it sucks. That, Foo Fighters doing jazz yeah. is like not my thing. Mm. Um, Cold day in the sun. The way they put this song only in the right side of your speaker to start with really is disorienting. <laughs> it's like, am I okay? <laughs> Do you have anything to say about it? I like it. Did you ask me if? Did you ask me if I like it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. When I listened to it again, not knowing anything, I listened to it for about five seconds, and I was like, "That's not Dave." And I was like, "I bet that's Taylor Hawkins." Yeah. And it is. Mm. It's Taylor Hawkins singing. He has a great classic rock voice. Yeah. I prefer Taylor Hawkins <laughs> to Dave Grohl. I'll say it. He sounds like an old school, like classic rock singer. Mm -hmm. You know, he reminds me again. I cannot put my finger on who he sounds like. Actually, I have a solo record. Do you? Yeah, we'll listen to it. He sounds so much like another guy that I could see that being a reason why he doesn't sing more. He he sounds like he doesn't sound like Roger Daltrey. He sound, but he sounds like like, bases or something. Yeah, like Rod Stewart, yeah. kind of. Maybe that's who it. He sounds so much like someone. Um, and this chorus, it sounds like it belongs at the end of Shrek. <laughs> yeah. And I mean that in a good way. Uh, like, you got this catchy as hell pop song. Um, I don't, it just sounds. I said the same thing about a song Josh wrote called Alibi. Yeah. Remember Alibi? Josh is our singer, if you're new to the podcast. Um, but and I, I, that's just my default like compliment to songs that I think sound like they belong at the end end credits of a movie. Yeah. You, it should be played in Shrek. <laughs> I, I need to think of a different movie. But No, I see what you're saying. Like a it fun belongs, movie, yeah. Yeah, it belongs at the end, uh, like during a roll credits scene. Mm-hmm. Um it's a good tune. They usually play this song live. Do they? So they used to. And it was like their trade-off. Like Taylor would come out and sing, and mm-hmm. Dave would go play drums. Because Dave is playing drums on the record. Yeah. And, and Taylor then, and Taylor wrote this, too. Did he? Yes. And then, um, then, which we'll get to, Concrete and Gold, he sings Sunday Rain. Okay. Which is cool, I think. 
Were you going to say something else? No. Oh, okay. They just used to play the song. Last song. Last song is called Razor. This song's pretty sweet. I could take it or leave it. the song that <laughs> that really is basically the song i wish this wasn't how they ended it it just it's okay mm. but especially at the end i'm gonna fast forward to the end where it's like two guitars kind of like going faster and faster doing that riff razor blade shine Yeah, I just can't, I default to this argument probably too often, which is like, is anybody listening to that and being like, wait, 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 this is the best part. Mm. The part where they go different ways, go faster, and almost fall apart. It's like the end of War Pigs, (laughs) but longer. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. so I am not a huge fan of that song. I like it. it. it's I can listen to it though. It's it's better. I'd rather listen to that than almost anything on the first disc. Yeah. And I don't even mean it like I like the song better. It's more just like it's it's different enough that mm-hmm. I'm interested in it. Is I guess yeah, what I would say. Original. Mm-hmm. Original. Original to the tip point of the top. Yeah, <laughs> the tippy top. Um, cover cut hidden gem time, bro. Dude. What if you were, if we were going to cover one of these, what would you cover? Dude, Virginia Moon. No. Oh. I'm kidding. <laughs> Probably, like, honestly, I want to say over and out, but I think what if I do would be okay, too. Um, yeah, that would be okay. But Cold, Cold Day in the yeah, Sun is well, the correct what answer. What am I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> what am I thinking, dude? So, here's a weird thing. When they released, um, they released Cold Day in the Sun as a single, paired with a song called No Way Back, which is not on the album. I thought it was. It's the second song on the first disc. Oh, dude, dude, sorry. I was only looking at the. I forgot that was the name of the second mm. song. Okay, so they released those together. Um, the, people are yelling at me. Guys, I only listened to this for a week. Dude, I can hear those yells from the future. I know. <laughs> from about three weeks in the yeah. future. Okay, so Cold Day in the Sun is the correct answer. Yeah, it is. Uh, if you were going to cut one, what would you cut? Um, hmm... Honestly, maybe like Virginia Moon, man. I see, but I, I think it's like so different that it needs to be in there. 
Probably another round. Dude, that is exactly what I would have said. Yeah. Probably Virginia Moon. I like it the least, but it needs to be on there because it's different, so I'd cut another round. <laughs> Dude, we are on the same wavelength for this yeah. one. This isn't even fun. This is why we need a guest. Yeah. So that we can... <laughs> yeah, we need some argument. Speaking of which, if people like stats... I love stats. Uh-huh. If you're... I've mentioned on this episode, or on this episode, on this podcast, that currently Kevin Brennan, well, it used to be currently, Kevin Brennan had our number one most downloaded episode, the Be Here Mm -hmm. Now episode. He has been overtaken by the Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, solo, er, solo, self-titled album. That's our number one most downloaded album right now. Now, not most, remember, SoundCloud is different. Yeah. Fear Inoculum is still like, kills everything yeah but by downloads it's red hot chili peppers and it's not even that close mm. who is interested that interested in this in the self-titled first release from the well, chili peppers there's nothing else out there man maybe you know maybe what you know it was downloaded a lot last week the home alone soundtrack clearly clearly people were like oh cool the home alone soundtrack then accidentally downloaded <laughs> our podcast Mission accomplished. Yeah, Got him. Sabotage. <laughs> um, okay. And the second single from the second disc was uh, Miracle. So, for Hidden Gem. Over and out. We obviously over and out. <laughs> I mean, that song fucks. Yeah. It's sweet. To steal from Blank Check. Mm-hmm. Song totally rules. I'm sorry to Dan Webb for uh all the f words dude i love f words oh me too when you use them like i like them for emphasis yeah i don't like them when people just like throw it out there i do because it's kind of like honestly i think it lightens up the mood okay you know what i'm saying yeah like but i want this podcast to be dead serious yeah jk yeah i don't yeah you do Mm -mm. you said to me you called me up yesterday and was like, dude, I want this to be so serious that you can't crack an egg on it. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Okay. Next week, Echoes, Silence, Patience, and Grace. I'll have a warning for I you. Lied. For those of you that like to listen to the album before uh, you listen to our podcast, don't buy the CD from FooFighters.com because it will not ship dude. for at least 10 days. Buy everything from Foo Fighters because we love Foo Fighters. You know, not if you want it quickly. You know what? Get away. I got a story. A story it once was told. Two young boys going to the liquor store where they sold their souls. Hey, yeah.
sun, bro. <laughs> Are we gonna try to find it before we log on? Sure. Are you? Sh do you even want to do that, dude? Like, dude, do be honest. Do I ever annoy you? Never. Dude, yeah, that's a lie. It's not a lie. Yeah. Do you like how I text you like aggressively? <laughs> I'm saving that for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you can't save it. We were recording. Really? <laughs> do you like how I text you aggressively? <laughs> I do. And I also like your, before we have gigs on Fridays, your after work phone calls. Yeah. Where you're like, are you ready to rock? <laughs> yeah. Okay, bye. <laughs> yeah. Just check it. Just check it. Oh, damn it. For real now. One, two, three.